This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. And we are going to talk about a court case and it involves a dog by the name of Punky. And you might have heard about this case before. Joining me in studio is animal law lawyer Rebecca Bretter. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I saw you tweet this out and I've been following along. We've talked about Punky in the past, but bring us up today for people who haven't followed along with this case. What was at the core of this case? Okay, so let me uh, tell you a little bit about the facts as they were uh, as the judge found them. This is a dog who unfortunately injured a woman at Laconer Park. The judge found that this dog had a history of aggressive behavior to the point that veterinarians couldn't even treat, unfortunately, the dog. Um, the, the, the dog trainer had issues with training the dog and all that. Um, and ultimately, the judge, the very first judge, found that the dog, Punky, has to be put down. And the, the dog owner, Miss Antics, appealed it twice to the Supreme Court and then to the Court of Appeal, and then ultimately to Supreme Court of Canada, and then uh, she lost at all levels. The Supreme Court of Canada decided not to hear it. But at the core of this case, and this is what I want dog owners to understand, because it often gets missed in how this case has been reported. Um, let me just say, my heart goes out to Punky. My heart goes out to Miss Santix, who has to deal with the situation. But at the core of this case is that once it got to the highest level in BC, this case was no longer about Punky. Mm-hmm. This case had everything to do with whether conditional orders are allowed for dogs. And basically what that means is that in the past for 15 years, and I've defended dogs for 15 years this way, is just because a dog has done something bad, and I think as dog owners, you know, sometimes we have dogs (laughs) that do something a bit, you know, Mm -hmm. not so nice. um, They were able to be released on conditions, you know, like muzzle, uh, a better training program, diet, like you name it. Right. But now as a result of this decision, dogs that have caused injury will not be able to be released on conditions and possibly not at all. And let me just be clear. It's, it doesn't mean I don't want dog owners out to be freaking out and, oh, my God, my dog just bit another dog at the dog park or just bit another human being. Is my dog going to be automatically be, uh, put down? No. Let me just put everyone at ease. Okay. It doesn't necessarily mean that. But what I could assure everyone is that it's going to be a heck of a lot harder to defend dogs at this at this point in time because we're starting essentially from scratch in British Columbia. I've already had two successes with the city of Vancouver, so I, again, I want to put some minds at ease, but it is, it is much more of a fight. Um, in the 15 years that I've defended dogs on death row, I literally have never lost a case. And I say that not because, you know, I think I'm this like fantastic lawyer, but I say that because of the important implications that this case has had on the legal landscape for defending dogs in British Columbia. And it's a case that I say very openly, it should never have gone to the BC Court of Appeal. Never. Because of the risk that it put all dogs right now in in British Columbia. So does this then override, because depending on where you live in Metro Vancouver or the Valley, jurisdictions have their own rules as far as if your dog is deemed dangerous or aggressive, you have to have a sign or you have to have your dog muzzled when you go out in public. Does this override all of that? Or how does this work? No. Okay. That's a very good question. I know. And it's like, it's such a huge topic. No. So very often the way things start is that municipalities across British Columbia, they have their own bylaws dealing with dogs. Right. So some, and actually most, if not all of them have bylaws dealing with a 
aggressive dogs. So if an animal control officer comes to someone's house and they're like, hey, we know that your dog bit someone or caused an injury to someone, we deem your dog aggressive now. That is totally different than the case that we're talking about now. The reason why is because if it's at the city level, people either get a ticket or uh, it, it gets dealt with differently. What I'm talking about is when the city actually seizes the dog mm. and then pursues what's called a destruction application and wants a court to decide whether the dog should be put down. Those are the type of cases that I'm talking about. So how common is it that a city will seize a dog? Well, uh, how common? It's it's more, let me put it this way, it's more common than I would like it to be. Right. I think, uh, understandably, animal control in cities want to make sure that the public is safe. But at the same time, as, as a lawyer who has defended dogs for 15 years, I could very openly say that the system is against dogs right now because it just it, the cards are stacked against dogs and, and dog owners, the, the way investigations are done, the way, uh, the, way the, the legal system is set up is that there aren't proper procedures or actually any procedures really um, for, for defending dogs. It doesn't mean it can't be done. And, and for sure it can be, but it's, it is hard. And I know animal control in cities, they do what they can. It's a function of uh, a, a dysfunctional legal landscape that we have now dealing with dogs. So in what scenario though, because you're right, dog owners are going to hear this and go, oh my God, I can't even take my dog now to this park or out. I'm afraid. What if my dog sees something or, or, or does something? So say a dog bites another dog or even worse, bites a human. Is it then it would have to be the person would have to report it to the city or report it to whatever jurisdiction you're in? And it has to go that route to, for this to apply. Well, let, let me let me put it this way: um, I would never advise my clients uh, after I've had a chance to get to know them, and for me to make sure that you know they're responsible people, and and that this is what I would want to suggest. But generally, and I have never advised a client to report something to animal control. Hmm. So the, it doesn't mean that it will not be reported. The other person can, but dog owners themselves do not have an obligation or any kind of legal duty to report an incident to animal control. And, uh, and so what we do is instead of that, because they could blow up into something that should not be, you know, it shouldn't get to a, a really bad point. Right. What we do is we make sure, and what my advice to, to dog owners is, is always is, okay, I know you think your dog is not bad, and this is not going to happen again, but please just go, go see, get a second opinion, go to a dog trainer and go to an animal behaviorist. And I have names that I often recommend. Mm -hmm. And so that way, cause you never know, like sometimes it's just an underlying medical condition. The dog was grumpy because he had like, like a urinary tract infection right. or, or there is an underlying behavioral issue that gets properly diagnosed. So do you think then, can all dogs be rehabilitated if they do show aggression? Or are there some dogs that maybe should be euthanized? Oh, gosh, that, you know, that is my heart and the animal protection advocate in me wants to say that all dogs can be rehabilitated. Um, but I know the reality is, is the vast majority of them can be. But there may be some occasions where there cannot. But let me also just clarify that there's a very big difference between rehabilitation and managing a dog. And that often right. gets lost in these types of, uh, of situations. Very often, a dog can actually, in most cases, a dog cannot be, quote unquote, rehabilitated 
but they can be managed. Mm. So it's kind of like, you know, someone like bipolar disorder, right? They have a, a medical condition, but it could be managed. And same with dogs. There are dogs that have reactivity issues, that have uh, fear aggression issues. So th- that's something because of their circumstances that can never come out of them, but they could certainly be managed. And that's what we always look at in these cases in the, in the bigger picture. So what happened to Punky? Well, he is, uh, he's still at the Vancouver Pound, my understanding is, and his euthanasia is unfortunately scheduled for, I think it's Wednesday. Um, so it's, it's absolutely, it's absolutely heartbreaking. I mean, this whole case is, is, is heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking for, for Punky and it's heartbreaking for, for all dogs in British Columbia. What's your advice then for dog owners? Again, anybody that has an aggressive dog, hopefully is a responsible owner and does take those measures, whether it's muzzling, keeping the dog away from dog parks. I used to have a dog that couldn't be in dog parks because he was unpredictable. What is your advice then to anybody that has a dog that they are managing? My best advice is even if you think that you are properly managing your dog right now, go see a reputable animal behaviorist who will work together with a veterinarian and a dog trainer to make sure that what you're doing is right. That's the absolute best advice I can give. Right, because you call this a devastating loss for animal law. So are we stuck with this, do you think, now? or Well, we're stuck until the law actually changes. Right. And so uh, so right now, uh, and I do have a case that's coming up in early February, we may be able to, to settle it, which would be good. But we'll see. Like right now, we're stuck with this decision. Uh, and there are ways that we're trying to creatively um, get use this decision because you can't really get around this decision, but be able to release dogs despite this decision in the creative ways that we're working on right now. All right. We're, we're out of time. I just have one more question, though, because there will be people who are afraid of dogs, maybe who have had bad experiences that say, well, wait a minute. If a dog has caused harm, a, a dog has done a horrible thing, I don't want that dog to be out in public with me. What do you say to people that, that say maybe this is the right decision? Well, I could tell those people right in the eye. I've defended dogs for 15 years, dogs that have unfortunately killed another dog or seriously injured other people. None of the dogs that I have defended are inherently aggressive that they're out there to like just kill everything they see. As long as the dog owner is trained just as well, <laughs> not even better than the dog, then there is nothing to worry about. I have never had a case where once a dog was released, that that dog or the dog owner for that matter, re-offended and there was like this, this, this terrible thing that happened. Never. All right. That's a whole other discussion, the dog yes. owners. All right. We will leave it there. Rebecca Brutter, thanks so much for coming in. Thank you very much. All right. That is Rebecca Brutter, animal law lawyer.